Hello, thank you for listening to the Motorific Podcast. This time around, I am not joined by my coworker. <laughs> Excuse me, this time around, I'm not joined by my co-host, Christy Farrell, but I am here with my great friend, Alex. And Alex is one half of the partnership that started a really, really, really cool business called Motoshop. And if you've never heard of them, uh, their website is motoshopsf.com. And of course, they're based in San Francisco for SF. And three years ago, right? Three years ago? Mm-hmm. Yep, three years ago, they started a uh, what they called a DIY motorcycle shop. So you could come in, work on your own bike, or learn how to work on your own bike. And three years later, they're still here. And you, you, you know, if you've never heard of this kind of shop, it's because there aren't a lot. And unfortunately, there aren't very many that have stuck around. Like there's, there's been other ones, I think, um, that you might have heard of, but there probably chances are they're not here anymore. And but Motor Shop is, and <laughs> that's definitely something that's really cool. So she's visiting, so I thought I'd take this opportunity to ask her some questions and, and share the business with you because it's such a great idea and something that um, every time I tell somebody about the shop, uh, they always say, that's so cool. Like, what a neat place. Um, no one's ever said, that's a terrible idea or that's the worst possible place I want to be. Everyone's like, wow, where can I go to a place like that? So. Oh, I always get, that's a great concept. <laughs> well, it's more than a concept, <laughs> It's more right? than a concept. So it's cool because it's such a fabulous idea, but uh, not everybody has the guts to start a business like that. So um, before we kind of dive into, you know, kind of the all the fun stuff, I think, that makes a shop exciting, you have to give us a little background on why you started it and um, I guess how it how it started and developed and where it is today. Okay. So I started the business with my husband. He's the other half of it. His name is Wilder. (laughs) Yep. That's his name. That's his first name. And um, actually how it started was um, he and I started a writing group um, about six years ago. We just had our six year anniversary for the writing group. And um, out of that, we just realized there was such a need for this kind of thing, like a place for people to work on their motorcycle. And because we were helping so many people just teach them how to change their oil. And we were helping people get to the racetrack and prepping their bike for, um, you know, a track day. And we just started thinking, how come this doesn't exist? And doing homework and finding out that it doesn't exist. And what would it to make it happen? And what's, how much money were we, would we have to make? And what are the finances? And so we did all of that research. We spent two years really brainstorming and then mm. doing the homework behind it. And then, um, you know, so finally November of 2011, um, it opened for business. And where is, well, so where did it start specifically? Physically. Yeah, so we started in South San Francisco, um, just uh, 15 miles south of San Francisco in a warehouse district. It was a very cheap warehouse that we could get. The landlord had faith in us and said, okay, go for it. The city, it was a little bit of a, you know, a struggle to get the city to say yes, to get the permits, but we did it. And um, 
we were there for two and a half years. And after two years, um, we made inroads to moving our business into the city of San Francisco because we knew that that was where we wanted to be. Um, we wanted to be in the in the mecca of motorcycling, I guess, maybe, and San Francisco was going to be it. It is. It is. <laughs> um, no, it totally is. And and how, how long ago was that move? Yeah, so we moved into the city of San Francisco um, of April of this year, and we've now mm -hmm. been there six months. And that move has proved to be an awesome idea and experience. And how, I forgot, how, how big is this new place? Yeah, so the new place, the building is a total of 8,000 square feet. Um, the shop has about 6,500 square feet of it is dedicated to the shop. Nice. The old location started at 4,000. We expanded into 2,000. So that one was also about 6,000 square feet. Mm. Space is everything. And I, so I was there about a month ago and I took some really fun photos, just like the, there was the upper level, like kind of the hangout space. And I also took some pictures of the lower level. But if you, you know, thinking about that number, like in my brain, I'm thinking, wow, that means there's gotta be like 30 lifts in there. And, <laughs> but, no. but, the, but the reality is that there's more like six? There's a total of eight or workstations. Eight, eight stations. Yeah. So the, the general uh, gist of it is, is there's, um, eight of these stations and in, in what exists in each station. So each station is, um, it comes with a base set of tools. Um, it comes with a motorcycle lift. It comes with a workbench. And then with that comes anything that you need that's available in the shop. So if you are using one of the stations, you've um, made a reservation and you're coming in to use one of the workstations, you can use anything in the shop. Um, specialty tools and each of those workstations has you know enough space around it so where you can walk you around. know you can walk around it you're not cramped yeah. you know you can bring the bike up to eye level um, it's oh, comfortable there's it's heated environment you know it, I can't tell you how many times I walk around the, the shop and actually make the lifts go up because people always forget oh that's right the lift goes up and that's it's just it's what? hilarious. That's yeah. the best part. <laughs> that is the most amazing part. You can sit on a little stool and then you can make the lift go up so you don't have to bend over or lie down and just yeah. sit right there. And I miss having the lift so I can clean my wheels and like just sit there and clean everything. Like I don't yeah. have to lay down or squat or like, oh, I miss that. That's, that's why you go there, right? It's Crazy. Well, you go there for many reasons. <laughs> Having your bike levitated Sorry. off the ground is definitely a, a That's perk. Why I liked going there. <laughs> so the other th cool thing um, that's there too is stuff like, uh, like oil bins, and so you could put your leave your filter and rags, and then you could throw your rag in the dirty can. So it's not just a physical space, right? But there's resources there, so you can do. Dog Betty wants to be in on the conversation. Um, there's resources there so you can get what you need done and then, you know, clean up and then you don't have to take your dirty oil with you or you don't have to take your clothes with you, which I think is really cool. Um, right. We're here to make things simple. We're not here to make motorcycle maintenance and repair difficult. So we're going to do whatever we can to make coolant changing easy. Now, coolant changing is one of the best things you can do. Mm -hmm. If anyone's done it, you know because there's bleed screws, there's, it just comes spurting out of holes. 
It's, you know, um, bleeding the air out of the system on my bike, on the Triumph Daytona. You have to literally um, lean the bike all the way to left and all the way to the right to bleed the system. Huh. And you honestly doing like that lay on yourself? It down? Yes, like on you the... have to literally put it almost horizontal. That's the proper way to do it. It's the only <laughs> thing I I know of um, that does it that way. It's ridiculous. But... So you can test your bike pickup skills. At the same time. <laughs> right. I don't know. I mean, sure you can do it by yourself. You do you want to? No. So, but coolant change is one of the messiest things you can do, and most everybody spills it all over the place, and that's okay. You can make a mess at our shop. No need to be clean <laughs> but there are cleaning supplies and brooms available so you can clean up after yourself when you're done right <laughs> um, but yeah that that was one of my favorite parts to have like all the stuff there and then I don't have to do really do anything except yeah pick up and then leave but um, the last time I was there I did Benny last time I was there I did my heated grip installation and what was really great was I had all the instructions and stuff but uh, there were a couple people hanging out, just hanging out. They weren't really working on bikes, but they were just, hey, they were at the shop hanging out, and, and they happened to be, um, they actually happened to be vendors that I knew. I actually knew who they were because they worked for Tucker. But, um, you know, Wilder was there, so I started doing stuff, but then I just wasn't sure if I was doing it right. So I asked him to just check my work and just kind of look at stuff, like, am I going to, am I doing something wrong? And then it turned out I had to, like, solder one of the, grips because uh, my handlebars are all weird and it was just like way more complicated. It turned out to be way more trouble because of the, right. my handlebars. Right. If you were in your garage, you would have, you know, given just up. Given up. <laughs> well, no, I wouldn't have made him right. fix it. But that way I don't have to make him fix it. Uh, it was just really convenient. So it's not a mechanic service where you go in and drop your vehicle off. You have to be the one working on your vehicle. And then there's, you know, there just happens to be a couple, there'll happen to be a couple people around like Wilder or like our friend Sean, who you can also, right, you can hire and say, hey, I, I'm, I would like a professional to sit with me for the three to whatever, two hours to do this job and show me how to do it. Right. Right. He's so, not just going to do it for you and exactly. you watch. So a lot of times um, people have very specific tasks that they want to get done on their motorcycle. And it doesn't really fit into one of our classes or workshops. Right. Um, for instance, um, you want to replace the clutch on your bike. Um, you need to replace the clutch plates. Well, we don't have a clutch replacement class. Um, so, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> because it's just not a very common um, repair. Um, not as not enough that we would it would warrant a class. Not like oil changes, you know. Right. Um, and changes. so with something like that, you could um, ask for an appointment where you and a mechanic work on that. And depending on your bike, it might take one, two, three hours, you know, um, and we give you an estimate and you pay by the hour for that service. Um, and we've had people work with um, something as basic as an oil change um, with a mechanic or um a 10,000 mile service or even as complicated as an engine rebuild. Um, so, and it's great because that mechanic is right there with you, guiding you through the process. You're the one turning the wrenches. You're the one, you know. Doing the work. Doing the work. They're and they're not. the one as the guide to make sure that it's getting done right. And then, so that's certainly one way um, 
that people can get their stuff done. So what about the classes? Like how, um, are there 30 people in a class? Are there four people in the class? Like how are the classes structured? Yeah, so the classes, um, there's a difference from classes and workshops. Class is something where you're observing a teacher um, do the work on not your bike, but a sample. A sample. A demo bike. And a workshop is where you're actually doing the work on your own bike. And workshops are small. Workshops are three people, no bigger. Mm. It's topic specific. So let's do an example. We'll do a chain and sprockets workshop. Three students bring their bike in and they're replacing the front sprocket, rear sprocket, chain. You can just do the chain, you can just do the rear sprocket, but that's single topic specific. Mm -hmm. So three students, one topic, one teacher, and the task gets completed. And then the classes are, you know, we'll do a carburetor class where it can be up to six students, maybe seven. We've had some seminars which are up to 20 people. And so it really depends on, you know, the interactivity and what's really being involved. So there's multiple ways in which we can teach and get people involved. And what's the, what do you think are the most popular, like say the two, three most popular classes or workshops? Mm, that's interesting. We go from um, the introduction to motorcycle maintenance is by far the most popular one. Mm. We've had it up to three to five times a month. Um, mm. It lasts four hours. Wow. It's the, um, it's the perfect class for someone just beginning to work on their motorcycle. Mm. It goes through all of the um, basics of a motorcycle, their motorcycle. We check, you know, I mean, it's just a great introductory class. Do they bring their own bike and then they can do it right there? Yeah, absolutely. They bring mm. their own bike. Um, and it's fun because everyone wants to see who else is in the class. There's only three of you. But it's great because you'll get a great mix of bikes. You'll get like mm. um, you'll get like an '80s Yamaha. You'll get an you'll get an R6. You'll get a Triumph Bonneville, and all these bikes are completely different. And you're learning about those bikes too because they're in your class. Mm. So you learn how to check your brake wear. You learn how to check your oil. You learn how to adjust your chain. You learn how to um, adjust your throttle cable. Um, adjust your clutch cable. Um, you know, how to basics. check your brake fluid, real yeah. basic Maintenance stuff. basics, not valve adjusting or anything. No, like very care. basic. This is a very basic introduction. Um, you I learn the difference from like what a V-twin is <laughs> versus a three-cylinder versus a air-cooled versus, so, you know, you can talk about your motorcycle. Yeah. And then the next one is the most is one of our more advanced classes, which is the valve adjustment service. I want that too. That's one is just, it's so popular. And it's, it's crazy. Great. It's like starts at 10 in the morning and doesn't finish up until five or 6 p.m. It's well, a very long class. Are they doing the entire adjustment that whole time? Yes. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> I want to do, do that. I would love to learn to do that. Which models do you do valve adjustment classes for? All. All? Metric? Mm -hmm everything yes that's cool see wouldn't that be neat yeah i mean the ducati one is phenomenal ducatis aren't scary you can work on your <laughs> own duke it's okay duck that's what i want is valve adjustment class tell maybe give us a couple of um i don't know do you have any like interesting customer stories like just really cool bikes or people maybe or like i remember one time you had a guy who he rode up from was it like South America or something? Or he rode, no, he rode out from out of state 
I thought it was to come into the shop. Oh, we have a lot of these people. Right. They're awesome. We had this couple recently from um, Canada. Not the west part of Canada, but the east part of Canada. Hmm. I think it was Quebec. They spoke yeah. French, so it must have yeah. been Quebec. Yeah. And they were riding South America. And so they wanted to come down the western side of the United States. And so they rode, you know, to the west of Canada and then came south. Mm-hmm. And then they heard about us as so they specifically stopped in San Francisco so they could service their bikes. Sure. Well, she was on a Royal Enfield. Okay, so imagine she's on a Royal Enfield, the newer ones, albeit. And he was on a Triumph. Uh, I don't remember which one, but it wasn't, it wasn't the older ones. And they were not taking interstates or highways. Okay. They were staying on the side roads because sure. she didn't want to go faster than 60 miles an hour. That bike isn't comfortable going faster than 60 miles an hour. (laughs) So they um, made a stop into the shop and they got into the shop when we opened at noon and he did it. We taught him how to do a tire change. So he changed the tires on the Royal Enfield and he had such a great time. They stayed for like twice as long as they thought they would because Mm. they were having so much fun. Interesting. It's an interesting way to get there. Uh-huh. All the way across and then down. Yeah. That's cool. So, um, you know, they, they knew that they were going to need to do some maintenance on their bike, and they, they figured, oh, we can go to the motor shop and do it. So that was great. <laughs> Who else have you had in there recently? Anyone? Oh, oh speaking of in, in there recently, <laughs> um, if people, if people are, have not watched the, the Discovery Channel show, we should tell them a little bit about that show that you were participating in um when was that last year was that that's a good question yeah it was about i think it was last summer we did it it was last, last year right uh summer it was on the discovery channel uh zach ness the grandson of arlen ness did a reality show called let it ride mm. where that's he right. built motorcycles or customized motorcycles for customers and he did one for us and there, so there was like a two features on that episode, and we were on on it. Wait for you. So he made you a bike. Yeah. So the real story or the reality show story? Which one do you want to hear? I want to hear the real one. The real one was the producers were so excited about our shop, they had to like do something about it, and so we oh. they asked us if they could we could create a story and it had our shop in it. No. This was the story. And we, we did end up buying the bike at the end of the show. Oh. So absolutely. And then you wrote it. Of course I wrote it. <laughs> you see me write it on the show. It's a great bike. It's a Yamaha R1. How could you not write it? The okay. beautiful motorcycle. Where is it now? It's a collector purchased it from us, saw it, and he loved it, and said, I have to have it. Hmm. And he purchased it, and it is now in a collector's house in Seattle, Washington. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Just from the TV show, he saw it, he's like, I gotta buy that? Yep. Oh, that's really cool. <laughs> it, it's a one of a kind, um, you know, hmm. Zach Ness um, sport bike. Interesting. I don't think, I, I don't even remember what it looked like. I, it was, the colors were matte green, um, high gloss black, and gold. Interesting. And it had a lot of Rizoma accessories. It had oh. Roland Sands accessories. like hard, hard parts. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it was a stunning bike. Oh, that sounds really cool. Roland Sands wheels. Oh, he makes Roland Sands, makes all kinds of stuff. 
but he's not really known for the sport bike true um features and so this was what was neat was to see all of this done on this r1 that's really cool mm -hmm. but the other story was you were making he was making it for you yeah he was <laughs> customizing a bike for us we had like 20 grand to give him and he built us a bike <laughs> oh okay got it I, okay got it just wasn't sure um so where do you think Motorshop will be, say, in five years? Like, what will be happening with World domination. <laughs> I hope so, because I really want one here. I really need one. I gotta go, I, I'm overdue for an oil change, I, but I need to do it. We're trying. I don't want to take it, like, logistically, it's not easy for me to go get my bike worked on, because I work when the bikes shops are open. So... Or I have to get a ride, and I have, it's just a whole thing. I miss working in the shop. That's where I, w I know, would we, do it. You, we've, you've become an addict. You need to work on your bike and get I greasy. Need to do it. I need to do it. Don't. Because I know how easy it is. I know. And I know it really t totally is, and I just don't want to lay on the ground to do it. Yeah. I'll just do it. That's how I started doing it, but um, yeah. But it's like, uh, it's so, like any addiction, you know, you just, you, you learn how great it is and then you just keep. So maybe not world domination, but global, perhaps we'll see more <laughs> of these pop up somewhere. Well, in absolutely. The future. Yeah. We've got, we've had so many requests, um, from other people across the, um, not just the U S but, um, in Europe as well. And hmm. to open up, um, another motor shop in other locations. And so we are actively working to make that happen. We're very active. We've got a guy in Austria who's very interested. Austria. Yeah. Austria or London, he can't decide which exciting. one right now. That's um, exciting. We're talking to people in Los Angeles. We're talking to people in Pennsylvania, in Cleveland. Oh, we're, Pennsylvania, yeah. We're, we're doing our best to make this happen. Um, cause we, you know, we've drank the lemonade. We've been doing this for three years. We know that it works. Um, we know that the business model we've created works. Um, and, uh, so we're, we're, we are actively trying to help other people open motor shops across now, the U.S. Do you think the, um, kind of business aspect of motor shop is what makes it really exciting or is there a kind of a people component too that makes it really cool? There's a huge people component, and honestly, before the shop opened, it never even crossed our minds that we would be building a community um, and the people that would be involved. And that's the humbling part about it is, you know, Wilder and I get home at the end of the night, and we're just like, oh my God, did you talk to that guy, John? He's so awesome. He was like, he's got such this great story. And we're just so amazed by the people that come into the shop and that we meet we're just humbled by it, honestly. Um, it's it's just truly awesome. Who are some of your most memorable customers uh, in addition to Canada? Canada, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, that one's just was just so recent. Um, it's usually the most recent ones that pop into my head. It's the guy that um, bought an Aprilia um, shiver and used and was so excited by finding the shop. He did the basic maintenance class. He did the oil change class. He did the brakes class. And then he did a fir his first track day. And he was so excited by it. And we knew that, you know, we're big track people. We really like, ra ra you know, riding on the racetrack. And um, 
and so that's a that's a component to the business and um he was just seeing that kind of person like they take the one class they take the second class and now they're hooked you know and it's it's not a drug maybe it is a drug i don't know but um those are fun stories to see because you know they're just excited they're just lifers right so if you live in so if someone lives in the area or they're thinking of coming down um, how do they get to use the shop and then what's it going to cost them yeah so this is the biggest surprise for most people is that we are not a member based shop there's no membership involved anybody can come in at any time and work as long as we're open <laughs> and so so if you um, if all you want to do is an oil change then come in and do an oil change if you want to do um, a long-term project, then come in and do a long-term project and keep the bike with us. And so that's what I think is um, kind of the most open part about the shop is that you can come in and do it for use the shop for an hour, you can come for a day, or you can come, become a month passer if you have a long project. And a month passer means that the bike is stored at the shop and you pay one price and you can work on that bike as much as you want for those 30 days. Okay, so how much is it for an hour? Like, what's an hourly rate versus a monthly? The hourly rates are very reasonable. Um, we try and keep them um, low because we feel as though anybody should be able to afford it, from a college student to a from an executive. Um, so it's $10 an hour during the week and $15 an hour on the weekends. That's nothing. Um, it shouldn't be much. You, it, you, anybody should be able to afford this. We are not, you know, anybody should be able to do it. If you want to work an entire day, you want to come in when we open and you want to stay there as long as we close, it's $65. Hmm. Benny. Benny wants to join in. Um, and then what about the month, if they want to just yeah. pay by the month? So the month is $175. Um, that allows you to store the bike and then work as much as you want on it, unlimited use. Benny's getting antsy. Um, so if they want to sign up for things, and that's motoshopsf.com, and you can actually mm -hmm. go on and like pick the time you want to come in and put it yourself on the calendar, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, the, the website is very informational. Um, it tells you a lot about the classes that we teach. It really talks a lot about the workstations that are available. Um, you know, this, this is, you know, 2014, you can reserve a station online. You can, you can, you know, we're very, you know, very big in social media, so you can find us there. Um, you know, if you want to see pictures of what's going on, you can find us on Instagram. Um, you know, we post a lot. You can see the community that goes on there. Um, and you can also, uh, follow her on Facebook too. It's facebook.com slash... Motoshop SF. Motoshop SF. And then, um, of course, on Twitter is Motoshop SF. Mm -hmm. And on Instagram is Motoshop SF. I also have some photos, so I'll, uh, I'll post those too. And then we'll post all these links so you can go check it out for yourself too. Um, but if you, yeah, if you live in the barrier, you should definitely take advantage of that uh, resource because we don't all have it. And many of us wish we did many different reasons so if you have that available you should go check it out and you know let us know what you think of it or if you have been there and you really like it and you've had a good experience certainly share that as well 
Um, I think, I don't know, I think everybody should have one of these in their town. Although some shops might disagree. <laughs> I think there's always going to be a component of people who ride that want to work on their vehicles on top of the multitude of people who don't. There's people who, that, who don't ever want to work and that's fine too, but for the contingent of people that want to, that's what the resource is for, not to hog up business or take away business from anybody. Absolutely, I think it's we still have a gap. It's just a gap. Yeah, it's just a gap, and we still have. You know, we have a lot of customers that all they want to do is oil change or clean their chain, um, yeah. and that's all they're going to do at our shop. And they will right. leave the big service to their and, their favorite local shop, and that's perfectly fine. And I guess what we're just trying to um, help create is we're just creating a, a more intelligent um, rider. Um, you know, we've heard great story about a guy who took a, a tire change class with us. Um, he, I think he was on a uh, DR650, took the tire change class, learned how to change his tires, and then about a week ago, um, got a flat um, on his tire, pulled over on the side of the road, highway, was able to change his tire on his own using With spoons. Spoons? Yeah, it's a, it's a spoke wheel tire. Oh, so he had a tube. Got it. And he was able to do it. And he came into the shop this last weekend and goes, I want to thank you guys so much because <sighs> if I didn't have to take the class, I would have no idea what I was doing. And I was in the middle of nowhere. And he stranded. had a spare tube with him. Nice. And so he was able, because he knew, and because he had done a trip out to um, Tahoe. And so he was able to change his tube on the side of the road. He goes, if not, he would have been stuck there for hours yeah. until the morning. And he's nice. like, I don't know what I would have done. Nice. So we're not just, you know, teaching people so we can make a buck. We're teaching people so that they become they can get independent yeah. on their own. Not be stranded. <laughs> not be stranded. Yeah. Definitely more of a communal resource. Mm -hmm. um, well, I, yeah, I definitely hope to see world domination in Philly. <laughs> so if anyone if you have any questions about the shop or you know you want to go see it definitely check out the website check out the Facebook and um, let us know what you think so Christy and I will see you back here next week uh, for 56 um, thanks for listening <laughs>